0: into Niger in order to help them beat back the jihadi threat.
1: Speaking in Australia, Blinken said today that continued security and economic arrangements for Niger hinge on the release of President Mohamed Bazoum. Ford is recalling more than 870,000 F-150 pickup trucks in the U.S. Course Rita Foley says that's due to an electric brake that may kick on with no input from the driver.
2: Drivers may see a parking brake warning light and a warning message on the dashboard. The company says it doesn't know of any crashes or injuries. Owners will be notified by letter beginning September 11th. I'm Rita Foley.
1: Addressing the Iowa Republican Party's Lincoln Day dinner, former President Trump said last night his support for ethanol separates him from Florida Governor Ron DeSantis. I
3: will remain your ethanol champion, very important to your economy. Ron DeSantis has aggressively fought against ethanol, which I think would be devastating for Iowa. He fights against it all the time.
1: With Iowa's first-in-the-nation caucus less than six months away, the former president joined a dozen other GOP hopefuls last night. More from townhall.com.
4: This program is sponsored by Walter Anderson Nursery. If you have a green thumb or have always wanted one, then get ready for Garden Talk by Walter Anderson Nursery, hosted by Ken Anderson, along with David Ross, Mark Mahadi, and George Allman
5: Good morning, San Diego. You're listening to Garden Talk here on KCBQ and KPRZ. I am Ken Anderson, along with David Ross, Mark Mahatey and George Alman. We're gonna be here for the next hour talking to you about all kinds of stuff going on in your yard and garden. Good morning, guys. Good morning. Good
2: morning. Good morning, gents.
5: It was a nice morning this morning. A little a little cloudier than I expected it to be.
6: It was cloudier than I expected, but there was it also seemed a little lighter than I thought. I thought it was a touch warmer. It's yes, definitely it, warmer. You know what? I'm going to check box
5: D, all of the above. All
6: of the above. Yeah, there's there's quite a
5: bit of moisture coming our way. There's a pretty good moon, I think, at some point in time, although it had disappeared by the time I got off It was up there last morning. night. It was clear, I think, last night. It was Wasn't clear. It? Yeah, it was clear when I got
6: home. When I went down to lock up the chickens, it was clear, it was beautiful. This morning, when I went to let them out, there was a little bit of noise in the... In the mulberry tree overhead, and I only saw two rats. I don't know how many were up there eating ripe mulberries, no. but if it's not one thing, they <laughs> it say it indeed, might be another. It is indeed another. And they were just sitting there looking at me. I'm like, go away. And no, they just,
5: I think they were gesturing. I'm not sure why. They were spiting you? Yes. Okay. Uh, let's see. we got garden classes going on. Going on today in San Diego, it's going to be seed saving with Richard from our San Diego store. That's going to be at nine o'clock. At nine thirty in Poway, it's going to be carnivorous plants with Sydney. Um, both of those should be good good classes. So I would advise people to get to get to the stores early to get a good seat, especially in San Diego. Um, parking can be a challenge down there at times. Um, next Saturday, August fifth. Got already into August. Um, In San Diego at 9 o'clock, it's going to be Staghorn remounting with Olivia. And at 9.30 in Poway, it's going to be Bees uh, with Denise... Just call so, her Benice. Just Beniz, call her. Beniz, rather. Uh,
2: be, be Beninus. Uh, or ben, Beninus?
5: I that's why I didn't yeah. try to say it. Yeah, well, I
2: had a hard time That's with why it. you shouldn't have. It, yes.
5: Bees with Denise B. Uh, she is the vice president of the San Diego Beekeeping Society. Uh, both of those should be good classes. Staghorn classes are very popular, so make sure you get there early for that. And then August 12th, it's um, Carnivorous Plants with Hong from the San Diego Carnivorous Plant Society. And that's in San Diego at nine o'clock and at nine thirty in Poway it's going to be another staghorn fern staghorn fern care culture and remounting with david ross Who, who's so. going to remind me to do that to be there? not me
2: Oh, I will take care of that. Okay. I think I already put a note up on your yeah, wall in, so. in
5: three colors
6: eight and a half by
5: eleven.
2: <laughs> i'm going to put a larger one between Thank now you. and then
5: yeah. uh, let's see in make sure I got the right calendar yes, July in Balboa Park at the Casa Del Prado. Um, It's a San Diego Orchid Society summer show and sale today and tomorrow, if you missed it yesterday. Uh, That's going on from 8 to 10 p.m. at Room 101 in the Casa Del Prado and Room 104, too, so it sounds like they're taking over the whole thing. So it should be a good show. Uh, Next weekend, uh, the 4th, 5th, and 6th, it's the San Diego Carnivorous Plant Society annual show and sale. And that is going to be the weekend before we have our garden class on the carnivorous plant show and sale. There's
2: Well, there's a carnivorous no, we plant. have. It. There's one today. There's and one there's today. In so in it's going to be then, bracketed. Right. So
5: you can get your carnivorous plant fixed today, go to the show next weekend, and then go to the. Next class, the and following. if that's
2: not enough, you can go to the San Diego Botanic Garden and see the Savage Garden. Oh, that's right.
5: In that's going. Cool I need to go do that. I need to go see that.
2: Are they becoming <clears throat>
6: popular or something? That's a lot of carnivorous plant in a short period of time.
5: They have become very popular over the past few years or so. Remember
6: that hanging pitcher plant that I got three weeks ago? Now that's still alive. It is still alive. I watered it this morning before I left.
5: It must have a lot of can ants I, or can something.
6: It, can we mention a a Mike? atkins plumeria class even yeah. if it's a dixie line can we still say it yeah go ahead all right well i think it's I was too just, late now it's a little it? late but yeah no, go I, ahead no i okay i won't say anything. no <laughs> apparently this morning at 9 a.m at the dixie line in, line in rancho san diego my stomping grounds mike's going to be there i did not know that he's going to be doing a prep and warm-up practice session so that he is on on target when he does the Grand Jettos one in Escondido, in a couple of weeks,
2: is that
5: George? You're supposed to be paying attention and saying yes. The David. Grand
2: Jettos is on the 12th. Thank you. Yeah. Yes.
5: So, so a I'll couple just, of weeks out. I thought he was doing a. I thought he was doing a class up at Grand. That's Grand Jettos in Grand Escondido. Grand Jettos on
6: the 12th, and this morning at Dixie Line Ranch in San Diego. Kevin sent me a picture of. We missed it. The gorgeous sunrise from Escondido. It's very pink out to the east with all the moisture-laden clouds. Streaming in from the southeast.
5: Yeah, that's what we get being in the studio with no outside windows. It's very sad. Yeah. Very, very sad.
6: Yeah. yeah.
5: We should see if we could. will
6: have to talk yeah, to him. We used to, to be able to, not, to see through whole, yeah. one of those windows. Yeah, <laughs>
5: not anymore. Um, let's see. Brent, <laughs> Brendan, can you work on that for us?
2: He's on the phone. No.
5: Yeah. All right. Uh, we are, as a matter of fact, we are going to go to the phones, and James from the San Diego store is on the line to let us know what's going on. There we go. The cursor disappeared. What's going on in the San Diego store? Good morning, James. How are you?
0: Uh, hey, doing good. How are you guys doing today? We're doing well. Thanks for getting up and telling us what's going on. Yeah, definitely. Good morning. Yeah, I heard you guys talk about Mike Atkinson. That guy's a great guy.
5: Yeah, yeah, he is.
0: Yeah, it's going to be awesome. Yeah. So today we're having uh, Richard down in our uh, San Diego store. He's going to be talking about seed saving.
5: Yes. Okay. Yeah, we mentioned that. That's at nine o'clock.
0: Uh, yep, nine o'clock, and uh, he's going to be talking about harvesting and you know saving seeds and and, so, and whatnot. So, good class to come out to.
5: Excellent, excellent. You yeah, got... and
0: also, uh, what, what was that?
5: I was going to say, have you guys seen anything new uh, pest-wise coming across the customer service counter?
0: Hey, you know, I haven't seen much uh, new pests. You know, your typical uh, leaf miners at uh, uh, this time of year. Uh, you know, so we're mm-hmm. uh, selling a lot of leaf miner traps at this time but uh we uh speaking of seeds uh we did start buying direct from dr earth this week uh it was our first pallet we got from them direct from the factory and uh they've got their uh seed inoculant back in stock so we were out of that for quite a few years
5: well that's good to, yeah we do have people asking for that from time to time so it's good to know that we've got that back in stock at least in the san Diego yeah. store for time being
0: yeah and i could uh get some up to the Poway store as well it's a great product that helps fix the nitrogen and uh Real great for beans, but uh, all seeds in general.
5: No, oh, that sounds like a sounds like a great idea, James.
0: Yep, and uh, we also got a couple other products that are a little rarer from them. Uh, you know, their Metabolic uh, Transformer, which has a bunch of mycorrhizae in it and such, so uh, good for helping the soil.
6: I saw that movie, the Metabolic Transformer movie. It was great. <laughs> oh,
0: really? Never heard of that movie. Yeah, it's
6: <laughs> really good.
0: Also, I'll have to check it out. And then also, uh, with all this uh, warm weather, um, our, uh, our tropicals are really going off. And I, I took a walk uh, around the nursery yesterday with uh, Chris. He does our uh, fruit trees down in San Diego. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, we got a bunch of new mangoes in. Uh, we got a bunch of bananas, loquats, uh, passion fruits are going crazy. And we also got a bunch of Haas and Fuerte avocados back in stock. We didn't have those for some time.
2: Oh, excellent. Good to know. Do you have any? Yeah, and, uh, hey have James, been, do you have particular yeah, yeah. cultivars of the mangoes or are they all manilas?
0: Uh, you know, we got the keats and the manilas. Awesome. Yeah, and the keats are looking really good right now. How are your grapes doing up in Poway? Our grapes are just going crazy.
5: I have hey. not checked ours recently. They're doing all right now. We well. harvested we're, some yeah, yesterday. When we were I out there, were taking a walk. They're quite tasty. I, just,
0: I couldn't believe the uh, concords they're just loaded. Well,
5: that's interesting.
0: Yeah, my yeah, so if you if, if guys are in the San Diego store, uh, any customers down there, check out the grapes. They're just popping. Good to know. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, otherwise, uh, you know, uh, our, down in San Diego, we've had this uh, trash program where you have to, uh, you know, compost uh, your fruits and veggies and such. Mm-hmm. And so I got a new product in by Tarot, which is the garbage guard. And it just helps keep uh, flies and insects down in your trash can. So it's a good idea to use it with your uh, composter.
5: Oh, that's a great idea. Yeah, because I, yep. I know people have been starting to have some issues with that.
0: Yeah, people have been seeing some pests uh, around those trash cans.
5: Yeah, <laughs> indeed, indeed. Yep. James, thank you very much for getting up this early and giving us a call. Tell us what's going on down in San Diego.
0: Hey, no problem. You guys have a great rest of your show and a uh, good weekend. Thanks,
5: you too. We'll talk to you
0: soon. Thanks, all right, easy, Jimmy. Uh-huh. Bye-bye.
5: Take care. You know,
6: I don't know why you need those things. I just leave out a slice of watermelon rind, and it attracts all the flies in the world.
5: Oh, it keeps them off of everything else? Well,
6: I don't know that it really helps because it kind of gives them place to hang out. But if you just leave fresh fruit out, it attracts all the flies. Why would you need something to control them?
2: Well, I think the problem here is that all those that fruit that you're just leaving out should be in those recycling bins, and that's where the flies are going to go.
6: Ah, see, that's I'm out in the county where You don't have to follow that things A little are rule different. yet. I, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> so I did see...
5: Do you I, have green, Do you have the green recycling out in your yeah. neighborhood? Yes. For yard waste, and, for yard for, waste and and kitchen waste or just yard waste?
6: I think all of it's supposed to go in there. I'm sure mm-hmm. I follow those. <laughs> Absolutely. Why exactly. Is the short right? is
5: answer is right?
2: if it's supposed to be, yes, I'm doing it. If yes. not, no, I'm not doing yeah. it. There we go. I
6: put a lot of green stuff out every week
5: unless I don't. And I... Well, move along Douglas, move along. <laughs> well, I was I was talking to somebody the other day, I can't remember who it was. It's somebody in the maybe it was in the script ranch information exchange, but they said that the the new the new trucks that they have for the green recycling the pickup system requires more spacing between trash cans than the old trucks do. So, if you space your cans too close, the driver has to get out and move the cans apart so his truck can pick up the can and that's not
0: gonna happen
5: it it it, it, it apparently well it, it apparently it's happening and the drivers and are, are nasty the, and the thing. drivers are somewhat um well,
7: yeah. Yeah.
5: irritated with it but um yeah so they're still working the bugs out
7: <laughs> well we have <laughs> a trap like that? for that
5: <laughs> yeah. but um <Ba-dum-bum>. yeah so <laughs>
7: what?
5: anyway um uh, You're listening to Garden Talk here on KCBQ and KPRZ. If you would like to give us a call, we would love to talk to you. 888 344 1170 is the number. We're going to take a quick break and we're going to be back with more right after this. With more garden talk here on KCBQ and KPRZ, I'm Ken Anderson, along with David Ross, Mark Mahady, and George Allman. If you would like to give us a call, 888-344-1170 is the number we would love to talk to you. Um, I came back um, or came back this week and looked on my desk, and there was an envelope on my desk with um, some seeds from a good friend of ours of uh, Bauhinia Madagascarensis, it's a they call it um, butterfly bush. I think is one of the common names for it. And it's a, it's a rare plant. Uh, Balhenias are Balhenias are the orchid tree, are in the same family as the as the orchid trees. And this is kind of a neat looking plant. It's a smaller flower, scarlet flower, and it does kind of look like a butterfly. So I'm hoping we're going to be able, and it's fairly rare. So I'm hoping we're going to be able to get some of the seeds to grow and, and start propagating some of them and get some out there. So... We'll see what happens. I will I will keep you posted on that. Uh big news as far as the um uh, as far as pests are concerned is the black fig fly has just in the last week has gotten incredibly serious. Yes. Well, I, we, know I was, we,
2: we we spoke about it here on, on July eighth, and, and, and David before, didn't care at all. It was not a big and deal. And last year we spoke of it.
6: Yes. Well,
5: well, not a big deal. N- now it now it's, now, emer- it's a, now, now it's an emergency. Now it's a very national emergency <laughs>
4: in
6: David's yard. Emergency. Yeah. Because my fig trees have black fig flies. BFF. And I do not consider the BFF my BFF. Yeah. Not at all. I'm very bitter. I'm bitter now. Bitter fruit fly. Um, I noticed some figs on the ground under my tiger fig, and not a big deal. that they There are hundreds, if not thousands, on the tree. But upon closer inspection, there were exit holes, and then mm-hmm. upon even further inspection, getting inside, I have the black fig fly. So I went online and reported it to the California Department of Food and Agriculture, expecting immediate
2: results, and I
6: have yet to
5: hear from you. no helicopters
2: have flown over with sprays, Nobody. nothing yet? They haven't Nobody.
5: firebombed your house or anything. No! Dropped a daisy cutter on it. And
6: from re- reading about it, it doesn't look like there's a whole lot you can do right I don't now. think there it, is.
2: There's not a lot. And if you want to look on our Facebook page on July 8th, you'll see a post about it, and you can read the um, University of Riverside's information on what it is. And Is that where I saw, hey, David, we don't care. Is that where I saw that response? The one where you told me that you no,
6: don't... oh no, the, from the the ag department.
2: No, no, that's not where you would see that.
6: I, I guess there's enough of them out there now that it's not as as important. But it, I,
2: you know, in all seriousness, it is taking over. I mean, we're seeing a lot of posts on our, on the San Diego Gardener Facebook page. People are mm-hmm. posting what what's going on with my figs. They're dropping off the tree and they're showing the holes. So. What it, when we spoke about it a couple of weeks ago, it was more theoretical. Now it's uh, it's an actual problem. It's Did crisis. I tell you, I have it at my house. <laughs> yeah. We're talking
6: about a serious
5: situation here. It has become we a are. crisis situation. Yes. Uh, you know what? What will be interesting to see? It's been oh, probably ten or fifteen years ago now that the since the olive fruit fly turned up, and that was a serious problem for olive growers, backyard and otherwise, all over Southern California and uh they didn't have anything to control it at first and their best your best bet against your best hedge against it was to put out traps and we did for a long time we did sell the traps although it doesn't seem to be as big an issue as it used to be but i think the major growers are using kaolin clay which is a very very fine clay you mix it with water and spray it on so i'm i'm wondering if um there's any research going. On. I would imagine there's research going on with that, with the with the figs the as figs, well, to yeah. see if the kale and clay will take care of the, and is the fig the, flies.
2: Kale and clay edible?
5: It must be. All right. well, I, think I don't, wash, I don't you, know that I they're.
2: Think you wash it off. You know, all the products. They be probably washed do.
5: off. Prob, a lot of it probably does get washed off before the olives get processed. But
2: well, I'm thinking a, about for the fig tree.
5: Well, Maybe I, I should take home some well, kale it,
6: and clay, it, which I, I happen to have a bag of, accidentally and uh, apply it
5: we'll make sure it's labeled for it
6: <laughs> oh no. do as i say not yeah. as i do exactly it,
5: yeah if you want to give us a call 888-344-1170 is the number we're going to go up to del mar right now we're going to talk to dean good morning dean how are you
3: pretty good guys how are you doing we're doing well thanks uh, for calling we're lo- doing a lot of cleanups and and uh, the, the all the lavenders you know bloomed really nice and stuff and now the big question is, how far back do I trim back? Because all the flowers are dried up. And my post experience, or past, I should say, is that when I cut them back, I end up they all end up dying. It's like, do you even trim them back, or or what?
5: I th- usually so when I had them in when I had them in my yard several years ago, which I've since moved on past them and replace them with some other things i would just trim the flowers off i wouldn't i wouldn't really prune the book i wouldn't cut the i wouldn't cut the bushes back um i would just i would just cut the flowers back off of them i don't if unless they're getting unless they're getting out of hand or really outgrowing the space that they're in i really don't know i really don't see a reason to to cut the to cut the plants themselves just get the just get the dead flower stalks off of them
3: yeah i I agree on that uh, because i've done it in the past i've shaved them down you know past that point and Dried up and bye bye, especially now in the summertime. Uh, but okay, I, I'll I'll try that out and let the let the homeowners know about that. Uh, the second question is the, the if you got time for it is sure. the uh, Hong Kong orchid tree mm-hmm. uh, defoliated and it's up in CLO. It's hotter and heck up there, and there's new but you know there's new leaves coming out. I don't know if it's from the heat or was it because it wasn't getting enough water. There's no aphids on it. There's no bugs. That that didn't cause it. It just seemed like old growth, but that, you know, it just, boom, it dropped, and now it's ready to go again, and I don't want to lose the new growth.
6: No, that sounds like a semi-normal process on those. They usually look their worst when everything else is finally starting to grow in the spring, and they'll put out uh, a new flush. I, I think I think they'll be fine.
5: Yeah, just make sure make sure it gets yeah. make sure it gets plenty of water during during the really hot season. Uh, if you haven't fed it, wouldn't hurt to throw some grow power down underneath of it to really push that new growth. But I think it's going to be I think it'll be okay, and it should come come back out.
3: Yeah, my thoughts So well, it's been great talking to you guys again. Okay, get into your nursery. You're over in Poway, right? That's correct. I grew up there, so I got to get out there.
5: Okay, we'd love right. to see you. you. Have a great Saturday. Thanks, you too. Thanks for the call. Take yep. care. Bye bye. Um, He's got to get he, back to his roots. Highway, <laughs> California. The uh, you know the Hong Kong orchid tree. The flowers on it are absolutely course, spectacular, yeah. but it's rare that you find one. At least in my experience, it's rare that you find a really nice specimen of the tree itself. They just
6: yeah. there's a very nice one in Bay Park, one block south of Claremont Drive. Okay. At the stop sign right off the freeway. Or no, stop light right off the freeway. What's the main the left right there? Get off the freeway, go east one block.
5: And then turn right? So turn you're saying right. there's one go good-looking the Hong, Hong Kong or... That's, um, nice there. that's Chicago? Chicago. It, it must be Chicago. Okay. But Chicago, well, Chicago or Denver. It right it's probably Chicago. It's Outside is yeah.
6: beautiful beautiful so how many plantings
2: oh. of hong kong orchid trees are there in san diego that there's only one good looking one that you no no look? no no i didn't say there's only one good-looking okay. one. that's the one that you've cited yes i agree He's with seen. ken i don't think i've seen one that other after when they bloom they're gorgeous
5: we had a customer out in point loma had a huge one in her yard that was absolutely beautiful um there's two. i can't I there's can't, two it was huge i mean <laughs> it, it was enormous i i, I can't this is thirty years well, ago. I can't remember anything. Do
6: you know what is really going off in that area and even in ours is the Cassia leptophylla. Yeah, f- the golden medallions yeah. are those look great, great. Yeah, and yeah, know, they lined. Is it they're right by Mission Bay High? Yeah, Grand. Grand, mm-hmm. Grand. Grand. Yeah, yeah. All along there.
5: Yeah, that's mean? a nice tree. Um, seed ponds are a little driving down gangly, down. but yeah, uh, people yeah. like them. Yeah, driving it's a, downtown
8: it's a, yesterday. There was a, going to the pottery game. There was. Yeah, they were in full flower. Yeah. Gorgeous. Yeah. Enjoying the warm weather.
5: Nice medium-sized tree. Yes. Uh, if you want to give us a call, 888-344-1170 is the number. We are going to go out to the Botanical Garden where John is waiting. Good morning, John. How are you?
8: Hi, guys. I'm doing well. Thank you. How are you all?
5: We are well. What, what's going on at the Botanical Garden these days?
8: Well, we, of course, have the uh, carnivorous plant exhibit going on, and that's an extended uh, exhibition that'll go through October. Wow. So okay. uh, yeah, it, it's we've kind of turned the entire conservatory into a pine bog if you can imagine that. And and so it, it looks really cool and it's a neat display. It's very naturalistic. But this weekend we have some lectures going off in the afternoon on raising carnivorous plants and then we have vendors that will be selling carnivorous plants, will be selling uh, carnivorous plants, some I think Nepenthes, Saracenia, Venus flytraps, things like that. And then there will be other kind of rare and exotic plant vendors there as well, which is always fun because it's the hobbyists and the small-time nurseries that have the really cool stuff.
5: You're exactly yeah. right, yeah. That's that's what we've always told people as far as, um, like, the orchid show, the bromeliad show, cactus and succulents, things like that. When you When you go to the... When you go to those shows and sales, you're going to see stuff that you don't see anywhere else because the people that are really adamant about collecting will go to the ends of the earth to pick stuff up, and a lot. And when they have extras, that's when you have the opportunity to add those things to your collection as well.
8: Yeah, that's that's the best place to go. Like, it, it broke my heart. In fact, I went because I heard it on your show to the Iris Society uh, show and sale. And I love irises. Man, I can't get enough. But it was sad. I get in there. There maybe were four people there to look at the irises. And everybody's about 80, you know. <laughs> uh, I should talk. I'm I'm a, a very much a silverback these days myself. Uh, but, I mean, my gosh. When these folks, these wonderful hobbyists that have this passion for a particular plant, when they're gone, a lot of times, basically you know, it'll take a generation sometimes to rebound because a lot of young folks aren't into this stuff. So yeah.
5: Anyway, I'm so
7: true. You so know, true. It, it,
5: it is true, but you know, I, I, it makes me think back a, a long time ago. Uh, we had a couple of people that worked in our San Diego store. I'm talking 30 plus years ago and they were, they were very much into camellias and they joined the camellia society here in San Diego. And they were lamenting that the majority of the people in the Camellia Society were probably a good forty to fifty years older than they were and they didn't think that the society was gonna stick around that long. But as far as I know, this the Camellia Society is still still up and functioning in, in San Diego. And both of the members are still <laughs> both, <in. laughs> both people are still in charge of it. Yeah. So um but yeah, it uh it it it's funny how it when you, when you think something like that is, is going to disappear, somehow it manages to survive. So it, it does keep going.
2: Hey, John, have you seen an, an increased interest in carnivorous plants? I mean, you have, you're having the exhibit there. You're having your sale. We just I think it was just fortuitous. We decided to have a class. We planned this months ago for ours. And then the San Diego um, um, Carnivorous Plant Society is having their sale coming up and their show and another class yeah. at the other store. Is there a big renewed interest? It, well, let's put it this way.
8: There is renewed interest, but it is nevertheless a very, very small uh, group. So the Southern California Carnivorous Plant Society, as well as the San Diego group, they're very tiny. I mean, I'm talking 12, 15 people. Oh, wow. So wow. It's, it's not a big group. But there is renewed interest. And I'll tell you, the carnivorous plants are tougher than you think. To raise them. Well, the we know that because David do,
2: David's is still alive, so we know it's a tough oh, plant. Yeah. <laughs> no, you said tougher to grow,
8: right? They are tougher.
2: Now, they're, so I thought the you tech- meant they were a tough plant. They're easy to grow because otherwise David's would be dead.
8: Well, they, the bog that you have up at the Poway store is exactly how you want to be doing them. People bring them inside. They're not happy. Just in our conservatory, we had them growing outdoors uh, to basically prep them for the show. In outdoors in full sun, they're happy, and they bloom, and the colors are magnificent. And we bring them in the conservatory in that subdued light, that's really more appropriate for aeroids and orchids. The color washes out, and they turn more green. And so we actually have backup plants that we are for the duration of this show changing them now. So it, they're 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 wonderful, they're interesting, but. Uh, don't bring them in the house, and uh, you know the nepenthe will do okay in, inside. But everything else needs full sun outdoors, lots of air movement, clean, clean water. I mean distilled water.
5: Yeah, that's what and, we uh, we use RO water yeah. in in Poway, and they seem to like that.
8: Yeah. yeah. Hey, one other thing at the garden that's going off right now that's really cool, and if you've never seen them, this is one of my favorite orchids for San Diego, and it's cool because it's probably the only orchid that you can really raise in the ground in San Diego. And that is the orchid called Sobralia. And they're from southern Mexico. We also have a group of Sobralia that are from Central America. Uh, Sobralia macrantha and Sobralia rogersiana. And they look like cattleya orchids, but they are on plants about two feet high. And they're just going off right now throughout the garden. I think I've put about 50 of those throughout the various parts of the garden in the last couple of years. And they look really neat. So it's kind of inspiration for, you know, something you can get that's very tropical looking but looks really cool outdoors in the ground, semi-shade.
5: Well, we will have to come out and take a look. John, thank you very much for the call. We really appreciate it. We'll come out and take a look at the, uh, at the uh, Savage Garden and the Conservatory. And hopefully we'll get some other people to come out and take a look as well. Appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Okay. Thanks, John. You take care. You're listening to Garden Talk here on KCBQ and KPRZ. We're going to take a break, and we'll be back with more right after this.
4: Get your gardening questions answered by calling 888-344-1170. That's 888-344-1170. There is more Garden Talk on the way. Welcome back to Garden Talk by Walter Anderson Nursery. Got a gardening question? Call 888-344-1170. 888-344-1170. Now, here's your hosts, Ken Anderson, David Ross, Mark Mahadi, and George Allman. And we're back
5: with more Garden Talk here on KCBQ and KPRZ. I am Ken Anderson along with David Ross, Mark Mahadi, and George Allman. If you'd like to give us a call today, 888 344 1170 is the number. If you've got a question, we would love to talk to you.
6: Do, do you think John's still listening?
5: Of I would hope so.
6: Well, those Sobralias are spectacular. I looked them up while he was talking and during the break, but we didn't. Oh, thanks time. for sharing. Oh, you want me to show you the pictures? <laughs> I, I was going to just beg. Uh, <laughs> that you want one now? Look at
5: them. Oh, those are very nice. Kind of like he described.
6: Yeah. They look like cattleyas on tall stones. They snakes. do.
5: They do. It's a and very nice plant.
6: It's a gorgeous looking Lauer. i've never seen those it would be really cool
5: i probably seen them and just didn't know what it, it was
6: well you're messing with my story here maybe oh. he'll bring some by or something i don't know if he has any extra ones but i'm i'm not beyond begging on air
2: <laughs> no you're not or in person <laughs>
5: yeah, that's true uh let's see the uh, and once again this season the uh the two lagerstromia speciosas that we have have survive the winter and are... And are looking le- good. ...are leafing out, looking like giant guavas in the back. Uh, I would imagine they should be blooming fairly soon. They may have gotten a little bit of a late start because it was cold, but uh, they're they're, com- they're coming on very nicely now. When they do come into bloom, I may move one up out so that people can, can see it you because know, it is something that you don't see in San Diego very we've often.
6: We've talked about how this season is delayed and everything's delayed. The citrus leaf miner's delayed, and I thought a month or two ago that my neighbor's papaya was dead, that it right. finally mm-hmm. had succumbed to the cold and the wet, but it just was waiting for warm weather. And it's, yeah, it's got about 10 trunks on it and they're all flourishing right now. Um, so,
5: you know, it's, it's funny, George or George, um, James, excuse me, George uh, was talking about the, how tropical fruit trees are. Tropical fruit is doing really well right now. And I went last weekend or last week I went out and in, in Poway and we had a bunch of mangos for sale Have. and so i i went out today to or yesterday to take a look around and make some notes there's none they're they're all gone i was shocked at how fast they went and um some i was talking to somebody about man, growing mangos in san diego the other day i can't remember who it was um it's a beautiful tree i mean it's a if you like Something that looks really tropical, especially if you're in a temperate area that doesn't get a doesn't get a lot of frost. It's a gorgeous tree. They're they are really really pretty trees. Um, and I remember there was I'm gonna have to go down and take a look because it's been a long time it's ago. It's Gone the, on National Avenue.
6: Yeah. Oh no, sorry. There was a please continue. There was a huge one
5: on National Avenue down in Logan Heights, not far from Fraser Boiler Service. Don't ask me how I know where Fraser Boiler Service used to be. <laughs> well, cause uh, that's where the
6: landmark uh, mango is.
5: It it was literally two to three stories tall. I mean, it was, it was massive, and it was it was shoehorned in between two of the small houses that were down there in that neighborhood, and it was loaded with fruit. George, it had mangoes all over. George it. was shaking his head at me as he often
6: does. But there's a there was a really nice one out on Rosecrans. I think right at Lytton. Uh, oh there was a very nice one there which i think is gone oh that's a a nice one over by kearney high school they're a beautiful tree
5: yeah it's a it's an incredibly beautiful tropical looking tree and if you like mangoes that's even a bigger bigger benefit
6: yeah but uh (laughs) some some of us don't particularly like mangoes do we
5: oh i don't like the fruit i think the tree is i think the tree is fantastic i'm not a big fan of the fruit though but i can always give the fruit away Yes, you can. Yes, you or my can. And, and we'll or, take it from you. Or my wife and kid will eat it. Either one. Just don't give it. Just don't give it to me. <laughs> yeah. That's fine. Um, big problem up in my neighborhood, which is, seems to be getting worse. And it's kind of interesting. You and I were talking about it um, yesterday, Thursday or yesterday. So the eucalyptus lerpsilid has reared There's its ugly this. head again in our in our neighborhood and. It's it's a problem up in Scripps Ranch because it, it tends to defoliate the defoliate the eucalyptus. It's
6: not a problem for me. Well, yeah, you got to have a oh, eucalyptus you know for it I to be a problem. Say that. Look what happened with the fig fly. That's right. You, well, next, do you have eucalyptus? talking. There are two eucalyptus. They're both uh, no. One's on my property. One's on my neighbor's property. But they are. I haven't seen any lerp's, in they're. Blooming right now. The bees are going nuts on them. Mm-hmm.
2: We were having but, dinner with the neighbors last evening and they were talking about their eucalyptus having some issues on the leaves and you know, without looking, but that was my diagnosis. Probably this. I, I did,
5: the, only, the only two things that I can think of that affect eucalyptus in San Diego are Lerpsilid or the longhorn beetle. Right. The, right. The, right. Those or are the or only. Fire. Fire. Right. Or fire. Or yeah. Okay, so fire things. doesn't three do things. them any good. <laughs> yeah. Three things. Um, but we we were talking about it, and is the when when the trees are healthy and growing and doing well and getting plenty of water, the lerpsilla doesn't seem to be anywhere near as big an issue as it does when trees get stressed. And after the rain that we after the huge amount of rain that we had this year, I'm sure a lot of the eucalyptus are just sucking up the groundwater like crazy and growing like crazy, which causes the canopy to get bigger. And then you go from an overabundance of water to no, much no, le- no. a normal amount of water, which is significantly less than what we had. Then you have a much bigger canopy that's going to be losing water faster that's, or going to be using water faster. Does that put the tree in distress faster, yeah. which allows the to get a to get a hold oh. quicker?
6: I'll throw out a contrarian point of view. And what's that? That because of our cool delayed spring, whatever beneficials are keeping the lerps in check are delayed, which allowed the psyllid to get out of control. I'm basing that on absolutely nothing um, other than we haven't seen it for years, and so what was different this year? And your scenario is just as plausible as mine, but I just wanted to throw out a.
5: I'll be curious to see to see what happens.
2: Well, you, you see, IPM also says what supports his. Ken's theory here that if it, if they're drought stressed, they're not getting enough water. They're much more susceptible to the silin.
6: I would submit to you that every year they are drought stressed here, and that oh, the yeah. only difference would be the extra canopy, because we always have the drought, but we haven't seen the lerp for not like, in,
5: three not or four in years not in number not in numbers like we we right. have. All seen. of a sudden,
6: oh, yeah. it's right. showing up, and people yeah. are complaining that the leaves are dropping in their yard or. You know, that's what's triggering them is all the leaf drop and the mess. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see.
5: Well, I remember a long time ago when it when it was a serious issue, uh, when Kerry Sharp was the head horticulturalist up at the Safari Park, form, ago, formerly the it, wild animal park. That's when he was there, though. Yeah, he was, he was there when it was the wild animal park. In the park. good old days. They had serious problems with the eucalyptus because they used a lot of the yeah, eucalyptus they the would eucalyptus. use as forage for right. the... Um, the koalas right. and some of the other Australian animals that would eat it. And they had, they, so they, they couldn't treat anything because they didn't want to feed treated eucalyptus to the animals. But if it's defoliating, yeah.
2: there's not a lot, I, lot there's not a them. lot
5: to feed them. So <laughs> yeah, that it was causing some, it was causing some issues uh, for him. That was years ago though. Don't we, I think that them? was when it, when it first, when it first showed up in, in San Diego.
6: Didn't they have an area in Scripps Ranch where they collected browse? Didn't they have eucalyptus up in our neck of the woods where they would collect?
5: Oh, I don't know. I, okay. I if they did, I never saw it. I okay. was never aware of it. But in my, I live in the newer part of Scripps Ranch on the north side of um on the north north side of Spring Canyon, and we don't have very much eucalyptus over there. There, there's a few eucalyptus nicolai that are planted along the. Planted along some of the major thoroughfares But in the neighborhoods themselves There's not anywhere near the amount of eucalyptus That there is on the south side of of Spring Yesterday
6: I was driving through Linda Vista And I was noticing all the eucalyptus It's Fisifolia, right? That's blooming right now Yeah, the red Red, yeah That is a gorgeous tree when it's in bloom
5: Yeah, Yeah. it's a pretty tree Messy tree But it is a pretty tree
6: Especially if it has
7: psyllid
5: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that is true You're listening to Garden Talk here on KCBQ and KPRZ. We're going to take a quick break. Alan, you stay on the line. We're going to be talking to you when we come back. We'll be back with more right after this. With more Garden Talk here on KCBQ and KPRZ, I'm Ken Anderson along with David Ross, Mark Mahadi, and George Allman. We're going to go to the phones. We're going to head down south to Chula Vista where Alan is waiting. Good morning, Alan. How are you?
9: Morning, guys. Doing doing well. so interesting listening to you this morning. Thank you. Um, hey, you were talking about mangoes. Uh, I don't know whether you just don't like the nectar or you don't like the fruit, but Costco has uh, one-gallon containers of mango nectar. Uh, mango nectar, it's... Um, I think Langer's are one of those brands. It is so great. You mix it in with regular uh, homegrown uh, lemonade, Hmm. it's it's outstanding to try.
6: Have you tried it with vodka? (laughs) No. (laughs) No. Anyway, uh,
9: a question I'm calling about is um, what you're talking about sounds kind of like what's going on with citrus fruit. Um, My lemon tree this year, because of the rain and the weeds and everything, by the time I got everything cleared out and started fertilizing watering it again uh, a lot of brown spots are showing up on the fruit but it, it doesn't seem to affect the juice inside if you, if you cut them open to uh, juice them uh, the juice looks fine it's just the, the skin has that brown those brown spots on it
5: i have seen smaller smaller brown spots on the fruit and it's usually a type of scale that can get onto them um, and spider mites will- spider mites will cause more of a C- kind of, kind of, kind of rust rec- yeah. yeah but you but usually in a big, in a bigger yeah. patch um they
7: usually don't affect the fruit oh, no. yeah it doesn't either usually it, yeah, yeah neither neither one will
5: it, usually affect yeah. the fruit the rind is pretty good at uh stopping right. uh anything from going on there so yeah it's you know if you're having if you're having issues with the fruit i think the thing to do is uh let it ripen up and then cut it open and take a look at the inside but if it looks good on the inside i it, yeah there's no reason not to use it
9: okay uh in, because of, of the you know the rain and everything and the uncertain weather uh, this season what um, didn't spray with horticultural oil, but I wonder is that a good idea? To just go ahead and continue a spraying with horticultural oil for stuff like that.
7: Yeah,
5: we usually recommend two or, th- or three or four sprays a year with h- horticultural oil. Uh, not only does it get rid of anything that's on the that's on the plant when you spray it, but it keeps anything from getting a real foothold. Uh, and especially things like scale, which can be towards the interior, so you're not always going to see it until you're having problems with the plant, and by then it it's not too late. It's not going to kill the plant, but it certainly slows it down, and it's not doing it any good at that point. But on a regular basis, if you go out and and spray, it keeps it at bay and keeps it from getting out of control.
9: Okay. Uh, This tree did have scale on it, Uh, not this season, but the previous season. Mm -hmm. And the oil took care of it, but you can still
5: see uh,
9: remnants of it. Mm -hmm. It it just looks bad, but the tree seems healthy.
5: Yeah, it, yeah. The horticultural oil it, it will kill the scale, but it won't remove the scale. So you it'll it'll kind of look like you still have scale on it. But if you if you try scraping them off, you'll find out that the those scales are dry and dead. Whereas if it's a uh, if it's living scale, if you try to scrape it off, you're going to end up with with scale juice
2: on your fingers. <laughs> scale juice yeah. as opposed to lemon juice. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So are,
9: are is that scale? Uh, are the organisms inside of, inside of that? Uh looking material?
5: Yeah, it's an insect.
2: It's an insect, and they they have a mobile phase where they'll be moving around, and then they'll clamp down, and they stay in that position for the rest of their lives, and just sucking the juices out of your tree. For the hard scales. The soft scales may move, like the cottony cushion scale will move. Yeah, they're
5: kind of like... they're. I call them a a plant barnacle. Exactly, yeah. Almost like a limpet. Yeah, they, they... once, once, once they leave that crawler phase and they find a place where they want to stay, they will just they'll cover themselves in a waxy coating, and that that's what makes them so hard to kill with with a regu- with a traditional pesticide. Uh, is the pesticides can't can't breach that that waxy shell, but the good thing about the horticultural oil is that the horticultural oil covers that shell and it clogs up all their breathing pores and they and they suffocate. That. That's why horticultural oil is is so great around fruit trees, is because it's not it's technically not a poison, uh, it, su- it it suffocates everything. So it yeah it it it's a great product. It it works really really well.
9: Yeah, my neighbor has a a beautiful gardenia bush uh, out in front of his house, mm-hmm. and um, I I told him about the horticultural oil. I don't know whether he got any, but he. He said, "I got a hose in sprayer, so he's going to give it a try and see uh, see what happens."
5: Yeah, it works really. I get scale every once in a while on on, on the gardenia I have at my house, and that that works works very very well. Okay.
9: Oh, by the way, while I was talking about the brown spots on the fruit, mm-hmm. I I've even noticed it in some commercial uh, fruit in the store. In one of the stores, uh, there there was uh, a few uh, oranges. I think they were navel oranges with the brown spots on it.
7: Mm-hmm.
9: So. Um, Maybe maybe they've got the same problem in a commercial orchard. Orchard.
5: It's very possible. I think in I, I think some stores are more particular about the fruit that they put out, so you you won't see it. Um, but there are other stores where they are not as particular about the cosmetic look of the fruit, but the fruit is still perfectly fine. Yeah, that's what it looked like. Yeah. All right. Thanks, guys. Nice listening to your show again. Okay. Thanks a lot, Alan. You have a great weekend. Thank you. You too. Okay. Take uh, care.
6: May, may we take this opportunity to remind people about the Asian citrus psyllid and treating yeah. with horticultural oil? Because yeah, still, that is on my
5: notes. Oh, okay. Sorry. So yeah, we're no. We'll, we'll, no. Correct. You brought it up. Go ahead. Well, <laughs> we were looking last week at the
6: find chart of where they have found trees that are infected in San Diego and throughout the state, and it still is only in residential yards. Over no 5,000
2: yeah, over five thousand trees.
6: And in San Diego, it's up in Rancho Bernardo and Bernardo West, heading west of the freeway. And we talked to so many people who don't care about their citrus trees anymore and don't take care of their citrus trees anymore. And it really is important that all homeowners with citrus trees either don't care about them and remove them, or treat them to make sure that the Asian citrus psyllid is under control and isn't spreading the disease. Correct. It's the only way that we're going to stop it. And I haven't seen much of the psyllid this year, but I treated earlier this year, and I haven't seen its recurrence. I have the leaf miner now, but we just have to keep pounding the drum about backyard Bain-ness. growers yeah.
5: to, yeah. to control and take care of their trees or remove them. Please. Yeah, I I completely agree. The, the, the you, it is not an issue in the commercial groves because it is their livelihood that is riding on it so they are ultra they ultra have, vigilant. Yeah,
2: they have all kinds of spraying programs in place where to, keep to keep everything to keep out of control, not, right?
5: Yeah, and backyard people are yeah. like me. I mean, right. I'm, I I do keep an eye on I do keep an eye on them, but I am I will guarantee you I am not as yeah, diligent, diligent it. about it as a commercial grower. Don't you be. make me come over there and check it for myself? No, I. You we'll know, it it's funny. I, for I have. Yeah. I I don't have a lot of citrus in my yard. I think I have. I think I have five. I think I have five plants. I have never seen psyllid in in my yard. Okay, n- knock on wood. But and I and I do look for it. I do. I do keep track of it. And, you. and and check on stuff. But it's not. I have not found it to be. Overly common. That doesn't mean it's not out there because I know that I know that it is. I I have seen it in other places. Um, I just have not seen it in in my yard. It, it
6: is at least sporadically everywhere in the county. So yes. that is right. why everybody should be aware solution. and keep yeah. their eye out. So don't I don't
5: think you're immune to it. Yes. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Absolutely. I think when it was first discussed, didn't they find it? They didn't find it on citrus. I didn't think they found, but they found the the insects down. Somewhere no, in Sweetwater, I, down here yeah, I think it was on
6: the it started in the southern half of our county, yeah, I think they it came across and then it just a,
5: exploded yes through they the tried
6: county. they tried to quarantine and stop it with backyard treatments to prevent it from spreading, but clearly yeah, it was it, not successful not successful and
5: now bear in mind too that there the psyllid carry, the Silid carries ACP or I'm sorry, the solid is ACP and it carries HLB, but not all psyllids carry HLB. No, but, but you we, can't. You don't know. You just so, have
6: to control the psyllids regardless.
5: Yes, because they are they are the vector for it, and once it gets once it gets established, then, then it's yeah. it's going to be a big, big a big big problem. So. The, right now right, the homeowners need to work to prevent it from getting right. a foothold in any of the commercial growth that we have in the area not that there's that many left but there are still some any classes uh
2: ah. i got it 9 a.m in san diego it is seed saving with richard and at 9 30 in poway carnivorous plants with sydney you've
5: been listening to garden talk here on kcbq and kprz i'm ken anderson along with David Ross, George Armand, and Mark we will be back next week with another hour of Garden Talk. Have a great weekend. Garden Talk
4: by Walter Anderson Nursery, your source for gardening, landscaping, and horticulture news. Still have a question for the Garden Talk crew or want to learn more about the show, how to become a guest or sponsor? Send an email to askanexpert at walteranderson.com. That's askanexpert at walteranderson.com or visit walteranderson.com. There's more professional gardening advice next week at this same time on Garden Talk by Walter Anderson Nursery.